是两三百。嗯 ，W four C Y three。I'm great. Good to be with you. Good to have you on. And I want to start off right off the bat for our listeners that are not familiar with Dukes of the Orient. Maybe you could give us a little bit of the origin and how this band formed and what led us to today. <laughs> okay, um, I'll have to keep this like under two hours. But uh, <laughs> basically, Dukes of the Orient、um, came out of the band Asia. Um, which was, you know, the '80s、uh, kind of prog pop supergroup that did "Heat of the Moment," "Only Time Will Tell," you know, all of those great songs. So、um, that band started in in the early '80s, and it was made up of four like super famous prog musicians. And with all of those kinds of bands, members left and new members came in.、Um, the second vocalist in Asia was a fellow named John Payne. And John Payne joined the band in the early '90s, replacing John Wetton. And John Payne fronted Asia for about 15 years after that. Then,、uh, around 2006, 2000, I guess 2006,、um, they decided to reform the original 1982 lineup of Asia.、Um, and the only original member at that time was Jeff Downs, the keyboard player. So he left. What was the current version of Asia with John Payne fronting it and reformed with John Wetton, Steve Howe, and Carl Palmer? Well, that left John Payne with the full band minus a keyboard player, and because of the legal agreements and all that, he was allowed to continue、um, with his own version of Asia called Asia featuring John Payne. Where I come into the story is John Payne, who I had met about ten years prior to that,、uh, invited me to join his version of Asia. As the keyboard player,、uh, which I did, and we toured for, you know, seven or eight years,、uh, something like that, and、uh, did some recordings, which ended up being、uh, included on the first Dukes of the Orient album.、Um, by the time we were ready to release、uh, our first album,、um, John Wetton, the original Asia singer, had passed away, and I, I knew John Wetton and had, had done a little bit of work with him, and we thought. You know, this is just terrible timing to release a band called Asia when、uh, the other band called Asia, that has the original singer, had just passed away. So we changed the name of our band to Dukes of the Orient, and obviously there's a little tongue-in-cheek、uh, reference to Asia in the name,、um, but that's how it came about.、Uh, we released our first album in in 2018. And、uh, now our second album, Freak Show, is going to be out、uh, in in just a couple weeks. So I hope I did that fast enough. Oh, I I love it, and I I wanted to tell the story from your point of view because you know it is really cool how everything transpired. And the one thing, the whole thing that I respect the most is that you know 
you paid respect to somebody that passed on instead of like sometimes bands nowadays do just keep doing. I remember I, I interviewed one band who I won't mention on the air, but none of nobody in the band was an original member and all the original members were not even around anymore. I was like, Oh man, that's kind of weird. Uh, you know, so I love that, you know, you kind of paid respect and I, I think that's a great thing. I also want to say about your uh, new album coming out, probably has nothing at all to do with this, but the first thought that came to my head, Freak Show, is, oh, that's what we're living right now. (laughs) You know, that's a really good observation. And, uh, you know, I I wrote the song Freak Show a, a few years ago, and we recorded it with Dukes of the Orient last year before all of this craziness happened. Um, well, we did have the, we did have the craziness in politics with, uh, you know, the weird guy with the orange hair and the white house. (laughs) Um, so, and you know, the song, the actual song freak show is, is sort of a reference to all of that, to the, uh, you know, the craziness in politics and the media and, and all of that. And like, look at this freak show that's going on. Um, now with 2020, it's, (laughs) it hasn't gone up a notch. It's gone up like you know, multiple levels with, with just the craziness of what's going on in the world. No doubt. Um, <laughs> it, it just blows my mind. And you know what's funny about that is, okay, so if you go back to the 80s, um, you know, I think people that hated Reagan would actually pray to have him as president right now. <laughs> I think you're right. I think you're right. I think, I think Ronald Reagan... Uh, who was the arch conservative uh, Republican hero, he'd probably be a pretty uh, moderate Democrat by today's standards. No doubt. <laughs> you know, it's funny you should say that because we've talked about that a lot. It's like if Reagan was around today, he'd probably be a Democrat. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it is wild. And, you know, it's funny because it, the common theme on a lot of bands I've been interviewing lately is they're talking about stuff that's going on right now, but they wrote the music before it happened. And that's, that's That's pretty wild to me. That's, that's absolutely correct. And, and, uh, I guess that's, that's a sign of a great song that, you know, a song can, um, mean different things to different people. Yes. Um, So, and, and be ever evergreen too. Cause like even talking about the political side of it, you know, punk bands I interview, I'm like, yeah, you could take your, uh, your songs and just take out the name Reagan and put in the orange guy and you got the same song. That's right. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) It is. I was kind of amused by like this whole thing going on with Neil Young where, you know, Neil Young is an, you know, arch liberal, you know, original hippie. um, You know what side of politics Neil Young is on and that, uh, that Trump is using his song rocking in the free world, like as, as his, anthem it's like you know did you listen to the lyrics of that song that's not exactly it's not like a positive song about you know american society and like the things that go on it's very much an indictment against that but i think uh you know maybe a lot of guys just listen to the chorus and (laughs) that's all they really care about i i think it's kind of like you know social media today and news today everybody that's spewing out stuff especially the haters all they do is read the headlines. They don't read the actual article, and the article actually goes against what they're promoting. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. You got to be careful with that. 
<laughs> no doubt about it. So tell us a little bit about Freak Show and, you know, how it may be, you know, an expansion on the debut album and, you know, how would you describe the music? I got to tell you, before we even get into that, my favorite song on the album so far, and it does bring me back to, you know, days long ago in music, is uh, The Great Brass Steam Engine. That's an amazing <laughs> song. That, Like, to me, that's bringing me back to the 60s. It's not even bringing me back to the 80s. <laughs> well, thanks very much. I, I, I'll take that as a high compliment. That's, uh, as the keyboard player in the band, that's kind of my, uh, my magnum opus on the album. Um, I actually wrote that um, because when, when I tour um, with, with, you know, back with Asia featuring John Payne or Dukes of the Orient or, or, or many other projects, you know, I usually get to do a keyboard solo spot. And it is definitely in the spirit of, you know, the 70s prog heroes like Keith Emerson, Rick Wakeman, um, you know, yep. Eddie Jobson, Jeff Downs, all, all of these amazing players. And that's a big part of the show. Um, and I think with this album, since it's such a crazy time and, and who knows when touring is going to be possible again. And um, I wanted to bring like part of that live show to the album. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, we do this live. Why don't we put a song on the album like that? So you've got this big keyboard tour de force uh, on the album as, as the great brass steam engine. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm happy you, you appreciated that track because uh, obviously that was a, a really fun song for me to uh, record for the record. Yeah, it, it toy, and since you mentioned it, you know, I was kind of keeping it under breath, but since you mentioned it, it did bring me back to like ELP. Totally. <laughs> Again, I take that as a high compliment. Um, Keith Emerson was, was a friend, and um, he actually wrote the liner notes to my first solo album, which was a pretty big honor. And, you know, he came to our, uh, our Christmas party <laughs> over the years, and, uh, you know, we'd go have lunch every now and then. And, in fact, when I was um, given the invitation to join Asia featuring John Payne, and I needed some counsel on whether this was a good idea, like with the original lineup, you know, being kind of a competing force, he was the guy I called. And uh, he said, well, why don't we, you know, meet up for lunch down in, in Santa Monica um, in the Los Angeles area and, and talk about it. And so we did. And he was, uh, he was very supportive. He said, yeah, absolutely, you should do it. It's a great opportunity for you. But make sure you be your own man. Don't don't be trying to copy what Jeff Downs does or, or you know, what I do or what anyone else does. you gotta, you got to be your own um, artist. So I've tried to follow that advice as closely as possible. I, I think it's uh, very wise. Oh, I, I agree a million percent because, you know, anybody that has been artists, and there's some even nowadays that, like, are carbon copies of, artists from the old days it's like it sounds great at first but then it gets old real quick because it's it, you have to be you yeah you, you have to have your own sound that's right yeah no doubt so one thing i also like about the album is you know and one of the things i missed I don't know, somewhere along the way, with, I, maybe it's because of streaming, maybe it's because of the click, click, click track mentality, that musicianship 
has kind of gone by the wayside. It's like even the way songs are written. You know, when I was younger, you were taught, okay, so you have the, you know, the intro to the song, and then you go into the first verse, and then you go into the chorus, and then second verse, and then chorus, and then a bridge, and a solo, and then a third verse, and then a chorus, and it's like nowadays, even I've been talking to artists, it's like, yeah, they, they actually, songwriting nowadays, it's like you cut out, cut out that intro, cut out the third verse, cut out the bridge, cut out the solo, you know, because people, too, is like, you know, that intro, they're listening to the song on the track, track, track mentality, and, you know, they don't even get to the meat of the song before they're clicking to the next track. So that's what I love about you know, this. Well, thanks very much. There's there's an actual genre, as you well know, called AOR, album-oriented rock. And it's music that is less hurried, where we don't have to get to the chorus within 30 seconds. Um, and we don't have to keep the song, you know, under three minutes for, for radio play. We can we can take our time and, and develop things a little bit and and have these segues and bridges and refrains and spacey breakdowns and, you know, atmospheres and um, that kind of thing. And um, my whole music career has been about that. I've never been a, you know, a single type of of writer or, or advocate. Um, You know, I'm not a pop, I'm not a pop musician. I'm, I'm a rock musician. And, and, uh, you know, I I, I hate to use the word prog because it can sound pretentious, but, you know, I like to at least think progressive, like let's try to do something cool and do something new and combine elements like let's combine, you know, jazz and heavy metal. Let's combine folk music and electronica. Let's, you know, let's sky's the limit. Their technology nowadays lets us do just about anything. Um, so as mature artists, let's let's use that to our advantage. Let's just not, you know, write songs based on uh drum loops and groove loops and use auto tune to fix our bad singing. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's use like, you know, the greatest tools we have nowadays to, you know, to make, uh, the best music we can. No doubt about it. And yeah, yeah, it's so true. Cause I say it time and time again, I think people today that didn't experience music from back when they they miss that whole album experience. Like it's an experience and it's, it's like a story and, you know, the old, uh, you know, old prog music and even stuff like Pink Floyd. It's like you listen to an album and it was just like one big song. That's right. Oh, I mean, and, and if you're only listening to the singles, you're missing out on, you know, what that band is about. Yes. I mean, you think about pick, pick any band, you know, I mean, uh, I don't know, like, let's go way back. Let's take like deep purple. Okay. If you, if you only know smoke on the water or you only know highway star, well, man, you know, you're missing out on a lot of great music and, and just a lot of depth and contrast and color and, you know, uh, the songs that are not radio suitable. Um, you know, obviously in the, in the prog rock world, that's most songs, Yeah, but, um, (laughs) you know, it's, it's important. I mean, I even think about, albums by you know like the you know the laurel canyon um los angeles area bands like you know crosby stills and nash and jackson brown and dan fogelberg and um these kinds of artists and 
yeah, they had hits. I mean, we, we, we know, uh, you know, their most famous stuff cause you just, you hear it in the grocery store all the time. But, um, when you dig into their catalog and you listen to the whole record and, you know, if you go back to like, imagine vinyl, for example, like, you know, what is the, what is the deep cut? What's the last song on side one? Uh, you think about that, that's where the gold is a lot of times. Yeah, no doubt about it. I uh, agree a million percent. And, you know, like even like there's a lot of bands like from back then that I like even their original stuff because it was even more so that way. And you take bands like Rush, you know, I like the original stuff from Rush. You, even Pink Floyd, like I mentioned, like Uma Guma is like one of my favorite albums by by Pink Floyd. Do I like the later ones? Sure. But everybody knows the later ones. Not many know the older ones and the Sid Barrett type of music and stuff like that. That's right. There there were great Pink Floyd albums before Dark Side of the Moon, believe it or not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> there were great Rush albums before uh, Moving Pictures. <laughs> exactly. I, I feel like those are the albums that were <laughs> the, the segue into the ones that I didn't like anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you <Right>. know yeah <laughs> so and let's tell everybody okay so freak show uh, it's put out by frontiers music let's tell everybody how they can reach out to dukes of the orient uh and stream freak show and any other information you could give them okay so uh the band is dukes of the orient just like it sounds uh there's a website dukes of the orient.com or dot net if you like that one uh, there's a very active uh, Facebook page uh, for the band. Um, I go on there quite a bit, and, and John Payne, my partner, uh, is on there quite a bit. That's a great way to interact. The album will be released uh, on August 7th, I believe, and you'll be able to get it uh, on uh, Amazon, of course, and, and uh, iTunes, um, all the usual places and hopefully, you know, your local record store, if those are still surviving during uh, these strange times, you know, buy it there by all means. Um, but it's uh yeah, it's a, it's a major release uh, on a, on a big label, widely distributed. So if everyone's doing their job, it should be pretty easy to find. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And so is there anything, any final words like you want the listeners to know that we haven't touched on yet? Um, you know, a lot of people make albums because they have to make albums because they're contractually obliged or they need to pay their rent or their mortgage or something. Um, that's never a good reason to make a record. And we made the first Dukes album and Freak Show, our new album, not for those reasons. Um, you know, 20, 30 years ago, uh, we, we would get an advance with a couple more zeros on it than uh, what, we, what we got <laughs> for this album. So during these strange times, this is not the way to become wealthy. Um, but I think if you approach an album from a, a real artistic standpoint, like this is music that I want to make, this is music I've been inspired to make. I can't wait for you guys to hear it. That's the way we approach the album. And I hope that's the way uh, people will listen to it. And um, if some uh, 
you know, business success comes out of that, obviously that's great too. And we've, and John and I have both had that happen, but it doesn't happen when you go out and try to formulate something and, and put out something that you think people will like. Um, we wrote this album and recorded it, you know, with analog uh, recording equipment and analog instruments, uh, acoustic piano and Hammond organ and even Mellotron and crazy stuff like that, because we love those instruments and we love that, that style of production. Um, not because it's kitschy or trendy, or we think people are going to buy the album because we have a mini Moog on it. <laughs> um, it's, it's just what we like. And we, we make music to please ourselves first. And I found uh, in my pretty long career by this time that, when you make that kind of an album, other people will like it too. So yeah. that's, uh, that's the spirit of the record. And I hope everyone listens to it uh, that way. I love it. Cause that is one of the things I biggest believe in. Like, let's face it. This business is not a business to be in unless you're enjoying yourself and having fun. And, you know, part of that is making music you would want to listen to and that you're proud of not just making you're like, yeah, you have to have passion, you know, it, Otherwise, it's very transparent, and that's that's the flash in the pans. the 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 evergreen, long lasting music is when musicians are just being musicians and doing what they feel and expressing their artistry. That's right. And if you're not doing it uh, for that reason, you should find another job. No because, doubt. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna hear it. <laughs> we're gonna hear that. Believe me. Absolutely, no doubt about it. Well, thanks for taking the time. Thanks for making us some great music, and uh, I hope we see a lot more of you. Right on. My pleasure. I look forward to the next time. You got it. Thank you for listening to the Adventures of Pipe Man. On W4CY Radio.